The following is a true story about Pope St. John Paul II. Some of you, I'm sure, have heard this story before. A priest from the Archdiocese of New York was visiting Rome. During his visit one day, as he walked into a particular church to pray, he noticed a beggar sitting at the front door. If you've been to Rome, you know that's not uncommon. There are beggars everywhere, especially outside of churches. Something about this particular beggar really bothered this priest. He didn't figure it out until he got into the church and started to pray. He suddenly realized that he knew this man. He had known him in the seminary several years earlier. He immediately went back outside and said to the beggar, Excuse me, do I know you? Sure enough, the beggar had been in the seminary with him many years earlier. He had been ordained a priest, but he had, in his own words, crashed and burned in his vocation. The priest from the Archdiocese of New York was obviously shaken up when he left the beggar a few minutes later. That afternoon he happened to be at the Vatican and he had the opportunity to meet the Pope and to speak with him for a few moments. He said to him, please, Holy Father, pray for this particular man. I went to seminary with him. Now he's a beggar on the streets of Rome. Please pray for him because he's lost. The Holy Father then instructed the priest to go back to the beggar. He found him, and once again in front of the church, and he said to him, I have an invitation for the two of us to have dinner with the Pope tonight. The beggar said, I can't do that. The priest responded, you better, because I'm not going to have dinner with the Pope any other way. So the priest took the beggar to his room where he provided him with a razor, a much-needed shower, and some clean clothes. Then they went to dinner. Well, about an hour into the meal, the Holy Father asked the priest from New York to leave the room. He then said to the beggar, Would you hear my confession? The beggar said, I'm not a priest anymore. The Pope replied, Once a priest, always a priest. The beggar said, but I'm not in good standing with the church. The Pope shot back, I'm the Pope. I'm the Bishop of Rome. I can reinstate you right now. The beggar agreed happily. And Pope John Paul II proceeded to confess his sins. Well, the beggar priest barely got the words of absolution out of his mouth before he dropped to his knees. He tearfully asked, Holy Father, would you please hear my confession? He confessed and was restored to good graces with our Lord and with the Church. The Holy Father then invited the New York priest back into the room and he asked him at what church he had found the beggar. The priest told him. Pope said to the beggar priest, For your first assignment, I want you to go to the pastor there and report for duty, because you're going to be an associate at that parish with a special outreach to the beggars in that area. And that's what he did. He was restored to God's grace, and he continued his priestly ministry among the poor of Rome. It's a much-needed ministry. If you've been there, you know that. I mention this today because, my brothers and sisters, life is full of ups and downs, twists and turns, pleasant highways, and bumpy roads. And because of the many trials and temptations we face, it's pretty easy to get off track even when it comes to your vocation. 
something got this priest off track. We're not sure what it was, but obviously something caused him to crash and burn, as he put it. Those of you who are married know, sometimes you get off track in your relationship with your spouse, in your relationships with your children. Young people easily get off track in their relationships with their parents. Teenagers sometimes get off track by getting into drugs or alcohol or violence or sexually promiscuous behavior. To be on track means to be doing God's will in your life. To be off track means to be doing your own. The four men we heard about in today's Gospel story, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they all got on track. They got on track with Jesus by saying yes to the Lord's call. We heard about that in the Gospel. They left their fishing business, they left their old way of life behind, and began to follow Christ as his apostles. And for the most part, they stayed on track, although they had many, many temptations to get off track. One of the biggest, as you will recall, occurred at the end of John chapter 6. Remember that chapter of Scripture? Jesus in that chapter gives a magnificent sermon on the Holy Eucharist. He told the crowds that on that occasion that he intended to give them his flesh and blood to be their spiritual food and drink. Many of them responded, as you will recall, by freaking out, to use the common expression. And the Bible tells us that many of them, many of our Lord's disciples, left him at that moment. People who had been following him for a long time just left. They walked away saying, this sort of talk is hard to endure. How can anyone take it seriously? Giving us his body and blood, what's that about? And at that moment, you will remember, Jesus turned to his apostles and said, do you want to leave me too? He knew they were facing the same temptation to walk away. And Peter has that beautiful response, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. That kept them on track, all of them, at least for the time being. From these apostles, my brothers and sisters, I would say we can learn three lessons for our own lives. We can learn, number one, how to get on track, number two, how to stay on track, and number three, what to do if we get off track for whatever reason. To get on track, in other words, to discern what God wants you to do in this life, you have to develop a personal relationship with Jesus, as these apostles did. Now, I don't presume that every Catholic has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, although every Catholic should, as Father Najim has reminded us many times over the years from this pulpit. Today's Gospel, we hear how these apostles were called by our Lord and how they immediately dropped everything to follow him. Now, that may seem a little far-fetched, until you realize that this was probably not the first time these men had encountered our Lord. If you read John's Gospel, for example, it seems they had already met our Lord at least once. So they had already begun a personal relationship with Jesus. He had already reached out to them. They had already had interaction with him. So a personal relationship had already begun for these men, such that when he called them in today's story, they responded without hesitation. Based on their previous encounter, they understood that Jesus was anointed of God and that he was worthy of their trust and their obedience. We encounter Jesus in many ways in our lives, but most of all through prayer and through the sacraments. Consequently, if we want to get on track like these apostles and stay on track, then prayer and the sacraments, especially the Eucharist and confession, have to be at the center of our lives.
think it's safe to say that from the moment when they left their fishing business until the end of their lives, Peter, Andrew, James, and John didn't make any major decision without consulting Jesus. That's how deep their personal relationships with Jesus were. I ask you this morning, how do you make important decisions in your life? How do you decide the right thing to do? Do you make the effort to consult Jesus? Do you take it to prayer, get spiritual direction if necessary? Or do you do what so many people do today? Do you do what feels right? Or do you do what the majority tells you to do? If you think you're called to marriage, for example, have you asked Jesus to bring the right person into your life, the person he knows you should marry? I hope you have, because if you haven't, it's highly likely you're going to get somebody else. And that's not a good thing. Here's something else we learned from these apostles about staying on track. Get the right friends. That's so important. The apostles had each other. The beggar priest in Rome had his old classmate from the seminary who cared enough about him to speak to the Pope about his situation. And he had the Pope himself who reached out to him in his need. Whom do you have? What are your friends like? You know, friends can either get you off track and keep you there, or they can get you on track, help you to get on track, and motivate you to stay there. St. Paul once said, bad company corrupts good morals. If that's true, and of course it is, then the opposite is also true. Good company inspires good morals. And what do you do if and when you get off track? If and when you get derailed, so to speak. Well, you do what the apostles did after their Holy Week derailment. You go back to Jesus. You don't listen to Satan by giving up hope and staying away. Peter, for example, who had denied Jesus three times, professed his love for Jesus three times when Jesus appeared to him at the Sea of Galilee after his resurrection. Now, the Lord's not likely to appear to us in that fashion, but he doesn't have to. He's just as present to us in the sacrament of confession, where he absolves us through the priest and acts in his person. Sin derails us, but confession rerails us. When that derailed beggar priest went to confession to the Holy Father, he was immediately put back on track. Immediately. Instantaneously. And that's the way it can be for us. So the bottom line is this, my brothers and sisters. It's Jesus who gets us on track. It's Jesus working through prayer and the sacraments and good friends who keeps us on track. And it's Jesus in the sacrament of reconciliation puts us back on track. So regardless of whether you're on track or off track at the present time, the answer is the same. The answer is Jesus.